This Irish Man Stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. How are you? This is going to be a, a different show, and before we get into it, if you, as I know some of you do, listen with younger kids, you might want to might want to tell them to do something else today and not listen to this show. Or, at the very least, I would advise you to maybe listen to it before you share it with your kids. Most of you have noticed I've been very quiet for pretty much the month of July and the start of August. And there's been a reason for that. I've been dealing with some personal issues and I today am going to let you know what those issues are I I'm doing this for a couple of reasons and before I share what's going on I want to be upfront and honest with you as I always have been I want to tell you why I'm doing this show because Quite honestly, I'm I'm very afraid for the reaction to this show. I uh, there's a big part of me that doesn't want to do this, but I feel I need to, and I also feel called to do it. I'm doing this show because I have always been an open book with people. I've always been honest. You know, I've always said, hey, this is who I am. And, you know, people like it, people hate it, people are, you know, indifferent to it. But I believe in credibility. So I've always tried my best to, you know, not get behind this microphone or not behind my writing or public speaking and anything I do and be someone different. I've always been me. And sometimes you've liked what I've said, sometimes you've hated it. Um, but it's been me. And, you know, it's giving me, given my life a great comfort because I can truly look at myself in the mirror and say, <laughs> you know, warts and all, this is who I am. Um, I've never tried to say what's popular. And again, if you're a long term listener, you know this. I've, you've been on this journey with me where I've, I've annoyed pretty much everyone who listens to this show at one point or another. But the real reason I'm doing this is because we have a situation in our society where certain things are happening. And if I can help someone by sharing what I'm going through, if someone gets the courage or the the will to speak out because they listened to this, they knew they're not alone, that they actually had someone who said what they're feeling then this will be all worthwhile. I also know that there's a big chance because of our society today that there are people who are going to lose respect for me for what I'm about to say. There are people who will look at me in a different light, and that's okay. If I disappoint you for what I'm about to say, or if you feel different towards me, I just want to apologize in advance. It's the only apology I give. But I know people will see me as weak. People will see me just as a different person. 
So what are the demons I've been dealing with? Well, before I can share the actual demons of what I've been dealing with, I think it's important to let you in behind the scenes of some stuff of who I am. You know, I take your time very seriously. It's a lot to listen to an Irish guy talk about American history and American principles and... You know, any time you listen or you read what I, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour. You know, I've never done this show or released a show that I didn't feel proud of. I don't want you to just sort of tune in. I want you to add something to your life. I want you to share the love I have of your country. The last couple of weeks, I haven't been able to talk. Hence why I went quiet. Because I didn't want to be a negative force. I didn't want to make things about me. I always wanted to make things about the mission. But today, I want to share my story with you. Because my story is, and some of you know some of it, but they're gonna, you're going to find out other parts about me today, about who I am as a person. Because my story is key to understanding my demons. You know, when you're in born into this world, we all have a certain life. We are accustomed to a certain way of doing things. Sometimes they can be good, sometimes they can be bad. But in some ways, they define us. They can define us by, well, this is just the way it is, and, you know, I'm going to be like my parents. Or you can define you the opposite way, where you're so determined to be something different. You know, people have bad childhoods or bad lifestyles and they're like, I'm, I'm not going to be like my parents. But we are defined by our situation, by our circumstances, by our upbringing, by our lifestyle choices. It just depends on how we are defined by them. My lifestyle has been defined for me, rightly or wrongly, by certain parts of my life. You know, as I look back as my on my childhood, a large chunk of who I am is defined by that. You know, if you look back at my childhood, I've never been the, the popular kid. I've always been the outsider. I've always been the, probably the right word is, a loner. Even to this day, I don't have a lot of people in my life. I'm very lucky to have a lot of people I'm friendly with that I, you know, can talk to, but, you know, close friends, I can count on my left hand. I have struggled all my life to, to form real bonds with people. Bonds of, you know, you all have, some people have them, a lot of people have them, you know, childhoods, friends. I don't have them. People have situations where they've lifelong friends or they met when they were very young or, you know, childhood sweethearts. Don't have any of that. I've always struggled to, to form bonds because for many reasons I've always been the outsider. I've always seen things differently. I have very little common ground with people. 
I've always seen things different. I, I didn't belong in Ireland. I didn't have the great love of Ireland that, you know, Irish people have. Not downing anyone or anyone else. It's just, I don't have it. I don't have the same, you know, beliefs on faith even. You know, I'm in a Catholic country and I have a lot of disagreements with the Catholic Church. I have a lot of disagreements and I don't have much common ground with large chunks of my family. There's no closeness there. Likewise with my friends. I've always struggled, you know, we've made jokes about it in, on this show about, you know, how I've struggled with women. It's true. For right or wrong, I've always wanted to move to America my whole life. And there's always been, the reason I've always said is because it was my dream. But, been honest, it was also to escape. It was also to escape and start afresh. You know, when you have hope in this life, when you have, when you're talking or thinking or dreaming about changing life scenarios, you always have this hope that, you know, things will be better. I always had this vision, whether it was real or not, or whether it was real, even realistic or not, that, you know, when I got to America, things would be different. I would find friends. I would find the place I belonged. I would find a church I felt comfortable with. I would find people with common ground, common principles, common lifestyles. Because even back when I was a child, I didn't do the typical thing kids do. You know, as people are, even in their teenage years, you know, kids go out and, you know, drink. In You know, when they're 16 or 17, they go out with all a group of friends and they do lots of silly things. You know, as you get older, you think they're silly. That wasn't me. I was always the kid that stayed at home. I was always the, in the gym on a Sunday morning. So I never went out on a Saturday night. As you, you know, started going out to bars, because we have a younger drinking culture over here than you do in America. It's not 21. You know, people go out on a Saturday night to a bar and then to a nightclub and dance. I didn't really do a whole lot of that because I was training the next morning. I did it periods of time, but not consistently. I didn't go out in groups of people. I've always been a, a lone wolf. As I got older and I started getting out and work and doing other aspects of life, I still struggle to find common bonds with people because without doing a what was me, I've been screwed over by a lot of people. So I've spent my time working and dreaming of getting to your country and if you're a long-term listener you know some of the hassles I've had trying to get there I made sacrifices and I'm not saying this to say oh look how great I am I made all these sacrifices but I did and they were easy to make I didn't go out I spent every much time as possible learning about your history reading different aspects, watching different YouTube videos, learning about free market economics, reading books, trying to educate myself in the hope that some way, somehow, my dream would become a reality. I tried the lottery, I didn't win. I'm 
you know, because, you know, it's funny, the, the irony of the look of the Irish doesn't apply to the person who doesn't feel very Irish. You know, there is a lot of humor in, in, in my life that, you know, you can find. I got my dream job in Texas with Glenn, and we all know how that turned out, but I found out I didn't have a college degree, and I didn't have the relevant work experience, so I couldn't apply. I thought this year was my year. I found, you know, I'm going to get over there on a volunteer visa, and, you know, that situation panned out where I was just applying to different places and getting ignored and getting help from people, and it's just not working out. Every time I have failed in this life, I've tried to come back stronger. Because I always believed that it doesn't matter how many times you fail in this world. I never looked at any of my failings as a bad thing. Because I always took, I don't know what the right word is, but pride in saying, well, look, yeah, you may count at me and look at me, John. Wow, how many times have you failed compared to anyone else? And it's so many more times. But I always looked at it, you know what? Well, you can look at it that way. I look at it as, I'm still here. I'm still standing. And I'm ready to fight again. Earlier this year, I shared with you that I'd finally given up on my American dream. I didn't see a way there. That literally killed me inside. To make that statement really was one of the hardest things to say. Because of everything I've just highlighted. Because while I was giving up on a dream, I was giving up on something I had chased my whole life. In my head, rightly or wrongly, I felt like it was the start of a life sentence. I've been stuck. And that is where things have started to go wrong for me. So I made the decision to quit. And then in, in life you it's hard to put into words, but when you're young, it's always easy to you know brush disappointments off, or it's easier maybe is the is the right way to say things. And you you know you you kinda lick your wounds and Eventually, you get back up. 
well, for me, I decided I can't stay here. I, I cannot accept staying here. So I looked for other opportunities. And I looked around the world and I was like, I got to find something I can do. There's got to be something else. And as I googled and googled and googled a lot, I spent a lot of time on Google. Um, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything that spoke to me. I couldn't find, you know, something that grabbed me. I couldn't find something that said, yeah, this, you could do this. And as I continued to, to Google and, and search, my brain started talking to me more and sharing a lot of bad thoughts. If you're a Christian or you're a religious person, you might say that the devil was in my brain tempting me. Because in your brain, emotions are powerful. And emotions, when you're self-reflecting, can write a powerful narrative for you. And it's very easy when you're hurt to believe narratives, even if they're not based off of facts. It's very easy to believe certain things because it takes some of the pain away. And the thoughts that I started having were temptations. My brain started telling me I was different. My brain started telling me that I was somehow more deserving of being in America than other people. My brain was telling me that, you know, you're more noble. You deserve it more. You know, one of my favorite movies is is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and I kept replaying that scene over and over and over in my head where young Charlie is talking to Grandpa Joe and he's like but I want it more I, I want it more than the other kids and it's very easy to to fool yourself into thinking you're more deserving And because of what I wanted to do, it was very easy to to allow yourself to go, you know what, just get there illegal. Just go illegal. You know, they clearly don't care about the system. You know, you just be one in one, you know, one in 15 million people who are there illegally. The difference will be you'll do good things. You'll be more noble. You, you know, you can write that wrong. And my whole life I've always had it. And if people had telling me to do things this way. But I always went, no, I want to do things the right way. But all of a sudden, I felt very tempted. My brain was writing this narrative of how I was more deserving. And inside me, I didn't have the... I don't know what you'd say, the, the will to fight it. I did, wasn't able to stamp out these thoughts. And eventually, 
what happened was I started getting very angry. Anger is not who I am and it's not who I want to be. I want to be a positive person, but all these negative thoughts were coming towards me. I was getting angry at the system. I was angry at people for, you know, not helping me. I was, I was angry at people who, you know, said they'd help me and never did, um, or just didn't. I felt angry at politicians and media, how they play your people. I was just very angry. Which led me down a path which made my emotions even worse. And it really scared me how quickly this escalated. I started thinking about quitting. When you're angry, rightly or wrongly, or facts are irrelevant, this narrative was been painted in my head and I started believing it. You start believing your own hype that, you know, America doesn't deserve you. And I started just thinking about quitting things. Now, before I share what I'm about to share, I'm not proud of these thoughts. I'm not making myself out to be a hero. I'm ashamed of many of the things I'm about to share with you. But I started with, you know what? I'm going to quit this show. Because what's the point? What What is the purpose? And that quickly escalated to, yeah, I'm going to quit it. I'm also going to quit writing. I'm going to quit public speaking. I'm going to quit social media. Because what I say is not popular in America. You can imagine how popular it is in Ireland. Maybe I could, you know, again, clear my history, quote unquote, and maybe start a career over here. You know, if I deleted enough things and deleted enough of my history, maybe it would just get pushed under the carpet and it would never have existed. It then led to, but what are you going to do? And I quit everything very quickly in my head to the point where I started thinking about quitting life. And for the first time in my life, I had no fight. You know, I'll be honest with you, I've thought about quitting this show, just as an example, a lot of times. Not because of you guys, you guys are awesome, but I kind of sometimes feel it's not my place to say what I say. I feel... Like I'm a burden. But always what would happen is anytime I'd be upset or I'd be frustrated or annoyed at myself, I'd go, I think I might be done. And then something would kick in and go, no, you're not. You've you've got something to offer. You just haven't found the right way of doing it yet. 
But this time there was no fight back. I was quitting everything. Because it was the right thing to do. And then I started thinking about life. What's the point? If I can't help people, and I can't find a way to, you know, have meaning or purpose, what is the point of life? And I started reflecting on, should I quit life? And the answer was yes. I have spoken about this in in history and in some of the stuff we've done, but... You know, I, I imagined myself being put before George Bernard Shaw and saying, Sir, can you justify your existence? And I couldn't. If you believe in irony, the person who is not short of words each week to talk to you about America and about history and about principles, I have nothing to say. I couldn't justify my existence. I... I became numb. And I started to reflect on my life trying to find an answer. I tried to find something. And your brain can play tricks on you. I started looking back and been on this planet and a long period of time and going, well, what have you really achieved? What have you done that you can say, you know what, I'm really proud of that. And I couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything. You know, I'm not rich. <laughs> Do I have family? No. Do I have respect in, in my industry? Hell no. I'm routinely ignored by people I work with behind the scenes, you know, in all different companies. I do a lot more than behind the scenes for people. And, you know, don't just think of the blaze. Think of other companies I'm working with. I don't have respect of many people. You know, what my charity good works. Have I actually ever helped anyone? You know, all the time I've spent researching and talking and speaking about principles, have I actually helped anyone? My answer in my head was no, I, I, I really haven't. I've achieved nothing. And then the question started to turn to, well, you know, and this is something I've always struggled with, you know, name something you like about yourself. And because of my upbringing, because of never feeling like I belong, because of my background, I've always struggled with confidence. You know, in many ways, in some ways I admire people who are brash and arrogant. You know, who can, who can stand in the middle of the room and go, I, I, I'm awesome. I'm brilliant. I'm, I'm so sexy. I'm, I'm the best talker. I'm the most smartest. I'm the best businessman. I'm the best at this. I'm the best at that. This is, I've always had, I'd never want to be that person because I, I genuinely don't like those type of people. I don't like narcissism, narcissism, 
But there is something that I'm jealous of. You know, it would be nice to be able to say one positive thing about yourself. In history, I've always had this thing where any time I would say to myself, what do you like about yourself? I would always, the only answer I could ever come up with was, I'm still here. I'm still fighting. I haven't quit yet. But when I was having these thoughts, the temptation to quit, to give up every aspect of your life, was so tempting. I couldn't even answer that. And as I started digging this very deep hole for myself, as I was virtually quit in my head, you ask yourself a question, which I'm sure some of you have asked. If you were gone tomorrow, who would notice? Who would blink? You know, some people call it legacy or... You know, my mother works in the in the funeral industry. She's a, a funeral director. You know, one of the things you hear people say about funerals is... Um, as someone, you know, she goes to a lot of them and, and is involved in some of them and, and involved in a local church. You know, one thing people will always say and or remark about is the size of the crowd. Oh, it was... So-and-so died this morning. It was a very big crowd. You know, the car park was chucked. Or it was a very small and private funeral. For, you know, just a selected family. For me, I asked myself, who would miss me? And again, I couldn't find any answers. Who really would miss me if I was gone tomorrow? Who would attend my funeral? And why would they do it? Would they do it out of respect? Or would they do it to be there for my mother or to be there for someone else or to be there to be seen or just there to, you know, as a Christian or who would actually truly miss me? These thoughts came so quickly one after another, after another, after another, after another. And how you deal with them is key. start down this rabbit hole it's very hard to stop you start thinking about how you're going to do certain things and you start making plans I'm not going to go into details but you can Think of the options. But life is 
really is a gift. And I think... I don't know whether it's you want to call it chemistry or whether you want to call it, you know, faith. Or you can put whatever word in into you, but I think there is something built inside each of us that that kind of fight or flight that you know you, you know if you imagine someone in a in a pool drowning they they you know they're flapping their hands around they're, they're they're gasping for breath they're trying to hang on i can be honest with you and say the reason I'm still here is is fear because as I started to continue down the rabbit hole and asking myself a lot of questions and not liking the answers because I'm a Christian I started thinking about a conversation with my maker And how could I justify myself and my choices? And I didn't like that conversation, how I thought it would go. No matter how little hope I have, right now there's still the smallest chance i can do something in with my life that i can still have an impact that will help me get into paradise again if you're a christian you don't believe this so just ignore this part but this is what helped me my fear because all the questions I had asked myself in the run up to were negative answers I couldn't all of a sudden go well I've met my maker and all of a sudden yeah well I did this and I did this and this is why I should be get into paradise this is why I should get into heaven so I started looking around and doing some research of maybe how do I turn my life around how how can I have meaning how can I how can I get rid of these thoughts how can I get rid of this negativity in my brain how can I get rid of this pain this 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 suffering and I read on a, a website which is dedicated in Ireland to this type of stuff. One of the things which people would say you're not to do has helped me. You know, when anybody, you know, if anyone ever says to you, you know, well, you're thinking about quitting. You know, you should never tell them, yes, you should. 
the second thing that helped me get through it was this website actually said you should but you should do it on one condition you should make a pact with yourself and I've made this pact and that pact says you should quit if you can go three straight days without finding anything to be happy about if you are in complete pain and suffering for three whole days with no respite you should do it but every time you find something that causes you joy or to even smile or that you think is beautiful you have to reset the clock it's amazing what you can find joy in some of the things that have helped me stay here have been watching a lot of Abbott and Costello on YouTube who's on first 7 into 28 simple things like having a hug with your dog and ironically for a fat boy quote unquote like me to say going to the gym ever since I made that pact I haven't got even close to one day yet now I don't know what the the future holds but there are things you can do I'm sharing this with you because I want to talk to you about the emotions behind everything I'm sharing this right now because life is hard if you read about people who are quitting life around the world it's up everywhere and the reason I feel compelled to share my story is not to garner any sympathy or anything it's to explain why I've been quiet and why I've been not responsive to a lot of people but also to try and help others if you're down in the dumps right now you need to know a couple of things or if you know someone who is down in the dumps and someone reaches out to you you need to know a couple of things I am no expert on this I can only tell you what I am going through right now and what the feelings I have the first thing I learned which was rather scary and still is to me as I look back on this situation is as someone who has always been you know, a thinking person, a rational person, as someone who, you know, talks about principles an awful lot. It's been an eye-opening experience how, regardless of the facts, how emotions can write a narrative, either positive or negative, in your own head. 
and facts don't matter. The second thing is, I didn't reach out to anyone. Because, honestly, because of shame. I'm still uncertain about releasing this show. Because, in 2019, people don't like vulnerability. People don't like weakness. It's easier to to be brash, to be arrogant, to be all tough guy. And to say to someone else, you know, I'm 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 really struggling is hard. You know, to put this into context for those of you who are listening who might not be able to you know understand the the power of this i would ask you i was trying to think of a way to share with you to to try and give you even a glimpse of the feelings that you have when you're going through this is go to work tomorrow and walk up to someone who you may have a good relationship or bad relationship or no relationship with and just say part of whatever part of your business is and go, I know nothing about that. I'm completely stupid. I, I, what do they do? Why, why do they do what they do? And just imagine that vulnerability of going, what do you mean you don't know what they do? What do you mean you don't know how that works? Now that's just something simple like in your job. Multiply it by probably about a thousand or a million, depending on the person, of how it feels like to say, I'm feeling weak right now and I don't think I can continue. That takes a lot of guts, courage, because you're taking a chance that people will actually respond to you in a loving way. You're taking a chance on someone empathizing with you. You know, if you look around at our world in 2019, you look at how people treat each other. You look at people, how they judge each other. We're not a very empathetic society. We don't have much empathy for many people who are different to us in many ways. And for you to reach out to someone and say, I'm really struggling right now. And I don't want to continue. You're taking a big gamble. That they will have empathy to you. And that they will listen. And not say, well, what you mean you're thinking of quitting? What are you, a loser? The other thing... And the other reason that people don't reach out is is it's very easy to minimize your own situation by saying, you know what, everyone has problems. Everyone 
has some type of demon they're dealing with. And you reach out sometimes going, you know, I'm not happy with certain things right now. We all have done it, where we think it's actually a conversation where, you know, I'm struggling with A, B, C, and the re-answer is, yeah, tell me about it, I'm struggling with D, E, F. And you don't get any help from it. Because everyone is dealing with, I don't care whether you're rich or you're poor or you're a politician or a lawyer or unemployed or black or white or gay or straight. We're all dealing with some stuff. We're, we're, we're struggling in our jobs. We're, we're struggling to get a promotion. We're, we're having problems at home. We're having problems putting food on the table. We, we all have problems that we're trying to deal with. And when you try and reach out with someone, it's hard. The other part of this is if you reach out to someone close to you, it's very easy for them to take your pain personally. And you're afraid of that. You're afraid to say, I can't continue right now. What, am I not worth fighting for? Is our family not worth fighting for? What do you mean you can't do it? And they take your pain and magnetize it. If you feel truly, truly hopeless, and you ask yourself some of the questions I ask myself, who would miss me? And in your head, the emotions are saying, no one would. It's very easy to, to, for that person to go, well, gee, thanks. You obviously don't understand how I feel about you. Even though the facts are, might be there, the emotions are saying they don't. Because you don't want to let people down. You don't want to cause them more pain. You kind of have hit your limit. The other reason you don't reach out to people I found was you don't want to put people in a bad situation. Because what can people do? Now sure, there are times where people are going through bad times and their problems can be fixed in a certain way you know if you're going through a time where you know you're having money problems or you're you know you're going i i i have no money to put food on the table there are places you can reach out to where they're going look well we can solve this we can you know we can i can help you get a job and you know part-time job in my company or i can buy you a meal or buy your kids a meal but in my situation I felt I didn't want to put anyone in a bad situation where, you know, the couple of people I spoke to in different parts was, I'm, yeah, I know your situation sucks. I wish there was something I could do for you. I wish there was a, a magic wand I could wave to take away your pain and, you know, be here. So I didn't reach out to anyone because I didn't want to put anyone in a bad situation. Thank you.
where do we go from here? I would love to be able to sit here today and say this story has a has a happy ending. I can't do that because truthfully I don't know how this story ends. I am feel compelled to share this with you because I'm worried about a lot of people. This has been a this has been a eye-opening experience for me. There are people who will mock this or see this as weak. Whether that's me or other people. I've been around suicide a couple of times and I've always seen the people who will always go well you know anyone who kills themselves is is just selfish the only thing I can say to anyone who even remotely thinks this is I hope and I pray you are never put in a situation where you have absolutely no hope. That you have no hope inside you. That you ha- can't even muster the smallest bit of hope that tomorrow will be better. Or maybe not tomorrow. It might be next week or next month or next year. Where you're at a point in your life where you don't think anyone would miss you. That you haven't helped anyone. That you've done nothing to be proud of. I hope you never experienced that pain or that hole or that blackness inside of you. If you are struggling right now, if you are listening to this and you're hurting and you've had some of my thoughts or maybe your own different ones and you're like, I think I'm done. I encourage you to get help. I encourage you to reach out to someone. Someone you trust. Or a complete stranger. There's there's helplines out there. If you Google them. But your life has meaning. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can believe one of two things. I can either believe that, you know what, life is meaningless, life is pointless, and that we're just here by some mistake. That we just happen to stumble across humanity and that, you know, we're just here and whether we do something or whether we do nothing is, is really irrelevant. Or I can believe, which I'm trying my best to believe, that all life has a purpose. 
all life has meaning and that you're not here at this time, point in time in this location with these feelings, negative or positive, by mistake, that you can change things, that you have a mission, you have a purpose. I, they're the only two options I see. And I refuse to believe the first one. I don't know what my mission is. I don't know what the reason for my life is. And in many aspects right now, I don't have any hope of a brighter tomorrow. But those feelings don't last. One of the things I realized when I was going through the really dark hole and things were escalating in my mind really quickly was how permanent everything was. You know, even if it's something, and I I, I hate using this word, but stupid, that, you know, you could win the lotto. That you could, you know, again, it's funny what we, you know, things were ingrained in our psyche, but I kept thinking about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where, you know, he's he's walking and he has no hope of ever getting in his dream of, you know, getting to the chocolate factory and he's walking and, and he sees that shine in, in the, in the grate, in the, the sewer grate or in the drainage grate on the side of the road. And he, you know, picks out all the leaves and the dirt and he finds it's, I think it's a quarter. And then he goes in and buys a bar of chocolate and stuffs his face and then buys another bar of chocolate as a gift for his grandpa and figures out it's, and then wins the golden ticket. That was going through my head as I was thinking about certain things and giving up that. If you give up, it's over. You're not walking down that side street. You're not daydreaming. You don't find that quarter. And if you don't find that quarter, you don't buy that bar of chocolate. If you don't buy that bar of chocolate, you don't buy the second bar of chocolate, you don't find the, the golden ticket, and then you don't get your dreams, that it's over. Even if there's statistically 0.0000000000001% chance of a better tomorrow, you can't have it if it's over. You, you can't have it. It's done. It's the most permanent solution or permanent action you will ever take. We all make mistakes. We all do things we're not proud of or we all have emotions we're not proud of. I've had a lot of them that I've shared with you here. I feel ashamed in many ways of of those emotions because... Because you feel ashamed because 
you realize how weak and mortal you are. You feel ashamed because, or I felt ashamed because of how weak I was. If you're struggling, please reach out. Please reach out to someone you love. If you know someone who is down, is hurting, or even if you don't, even if you have everyone in your life and everyone's really happy, do yourself a favor and make sure they know what you think of them. Know and tell people that you love them, that you care for them, that they mean much, so much to you. But that if anything ever goes wrong, they can talk to you. That they can say anything they want to you. That you won't be hurt by it, you won't take it personally, but that you have that system, that communication. A lot of people will ask what my future holds. Am I still doing the show? Am I still with the Blaze? Am I? There was a few people asked, you know, the, you know, had me and the Blaze parted ways because I went quiet. I'm going to be very honest. I don't know what my future holds. Right now, I'm <laughs> trying my hardest to be positive. I'm trying my hardest to overcome these thoughts in my head. Because I still have the negative thoughts of what have I done? Of who have I helped? What have I done? What is the meaning of my life? I don't have the answers. I will keep you in the, in the loop. I will keep you updated on everything, but if I could wave a magic wand, tomorrow I would be back on the air with passion, telling you how why and how much I love your country. But right now I'm dealing with things and I'm just trying to focus on it every day. I'm trying to get up in the morning and have some positivity to find some some joy even if it's just looking at the sun or the beautiful weather or just seeing something that I like and trying to fight and I'm trying to find my conviction and my passion again if you are a praying person I would ask you to Please keep me in your prayers. You guys have been nothing short of amazing because I couldn't do this without you. Um, but I do hope to come back. If you will have me back. If the Blaze will have me back. When I get better. Because I believe there is something I am meant to do. And right now I just need to get better and find that wh what that is. <laughs> to those of you who reached out, I just want to say thank you. I'm sorry for not replying. I'm sorry for being very quiet and I'm sorry for disappearing.
but I've been, this has been really hard. I hope today has given you something to think about. I hope it's, I hope I haven't lost your respect, but I understand if I have. And I would ask you to, especially because the stats on young people having these thoughts are, are going up. I would ask you to reach out to people who are struggling and try and help them. Because we need to help people find their passion. We need to help people find their mission in life. Because without mission, it's pointless. I will talk to you soon, America. Just know that no matter what the future holds, you are an exceptional nation. You are a wonderful set of people. That you're not great because of your politics. You're great despite of it. In spite of it. And that the ideals of your country, that your country was founded on, are still worth fighting for. They just need to become popular again. I will talk to you soon. God bless each and every one of you. And I love you. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network.